everyone and welcome to Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin and thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each episode I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house. Just one man sitting on his own talking about his love of horror films and so much more. And thank you so much for joining me. I hope you're all having an awesome week. We are, as of recording this episode, only a few days till Christmas. So I'm hoping to get this uh, episode out well before Christmas, probably the day before Christmas Eve. Whenever you're listening to this, it's going to be before Christmas, which is what I promised last week, because in December, the month of December, we are doing four Christmas horror movies for the month of December. So far, we have done the 1974 epic slasher classic Black Christmas. Last week, we did the 2005 horror movie Krampus, and this week, we're going to be talking about the 1980 slasher classic. I don't know if I want to call it a slasher classic, but that's what it's billed as, Christmas Evil. Uh, But before we get into any of that, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping and talk about some of the things that has gone on this week. And I know it's not horror movie related, this one, but you know, if you've listened to this show for however many episodes, you will know I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I keep saying it every single episode, because <laughs> it seems like every single week something crazy happens in the Star Wars universe. But this past week was the season finale of one of the greatest TV shows to ever grace the small screen, The Mandalorian, the season two epic season finale. Now, if you haven't watched The Mandalorian and you don't want it spoiled, Press pause or fast forward to maybe two minutes time uh, because right now I'm just going to drop the biggest spoiler. It's kind of been out for nearly a week now this episode so surely if you're going to watch it you'll have watched it especially if you're a Star Wars fanatic but if you don't care about spoilers continue watching. Luke fucking Skywalker man. Luke Skywalker made an appearance in the season finale of The Mandalorian, and I could not be happier about it. Uh, We were watching it on Friday evening when the episode dropped uh, on Disney+, and I was shaking. Now, it's been teased all over the internet for God knows how many weeks, and like for now, probably for the past month and a half, that something epic was going to happen in the season finale, and a Jedi from the past was going to make an appearance, and essentially save the day, save Baby Yoda, save Grogu, save Mando and all of the all of his crew. And so the rumours have been rampant the past few weeks of who is it going to be? You know, people say it's going to be Mace Windu and we're going to see Samuel Jackson maybe in season three. People say it's going to be Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order. Um, people were saying it could be, you know, somebody completely out of the blue like Ezra from uh, Rebels, which I don't think would have had quite as much of a pull, but, you know, that's still, Ezra's still technically alive in this universe, so that could have been a possibility. And obviously the complete, Left field, not left field, but the one that I think everybody was hoping for, but no way on earth did I think we were going to get it, was Luke Skywalker. And man, um, I actually, when he he 
cloaks, you know, when he revealed his face. I actually didn't even think that was CGI. I thought that was a real actor playing Luke Skywalker because, you know, if they're going to bring Luke Skywalker back, this is set five years after Return of the Jedi, but if they're going to bring Luke Skywalker back, they kind of have to do it. If they're going to make a series about this, they have to have an actor playing you know, Luke Skywalker, they can't just CGI it. So he will say it's going to be, what's it called, Sebastian Stan, who looks just like uh, Mark, a young Mark Hamill. Uh, so people, and I actually genuinely thought this was him or it was some real actor, but no, it was CGI. And, you know, it just shows how amazing CGI looks, how Disney have perfected this face modelling because Luke Skywalker looked absolutely epic. I was one of the people who were absolutely furious and pissed off about what they did to Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. They kind of tried to bring it back in uh, Rise of Skywalker, but it didn't really work. But what they did to Luke uh, Skywalker in The Last Jedi was criminal. It was disgusting. And this was what we wanted to see. This is Luke Sky. This is the most powerful version of Luke Skywalker we've ever seen. And I was just absolutely buzzing. And this, The Mandalorian and everything that Disney have announced over the past few weeks... This goes a long way because in repairing the damage that was the the sequels, you know, The Force Awakens is okay, but yeah, The Last Jedi and all the issues that caused Ryan Johnson, a first grade cunt for everything he did to the Star Wars universe. But things like this brings the fandom back together and makes people so happy and so excited. And let me tell you one thing, a statement that I am so proud to say right now and that is that star wars is back baby everybody thought the franchise was dead including me after the sequels that people wanted nothing to do with it but with this the bad batch the boba fett series the ahsoka series hayden christians returning as darth vader the obi-wan series everything that's coming is going to be absolutely incredible and um what they need to do now is take kathleen kennedy get her out of that office get the God himself, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau into the office running Lucasfilm. That is what Disney needs to do right now because that's the next step. Get rid of the cancer that is Kathleen Kennedy, who has almost destroyed this franchise, and get the people who love it, like say John Favreau, Dave Filoni, get them in there, get them running Lucasfilm because everything they've announced right now make no mistake about it, is because of the incredible job that those two guys have done on The Mandalorian. So what an incredible week to be a Star Wars fan. I've kind of gone on a bit too long about that there because this is a horror movie podcast, not a Star Wars podcast. But if you were a Star Wars fan, you need to watch The Mandalorian. And I've just spoiled that episode for you. But Jesus, it is worth it. I was shaking. I was shaking. This was what we've been waiting for. And I'm super, super excited. Um, I'm going to go and watch it again, probably, after I've finished recording this damn podcast. It's so, so good. It's beautiful. It's moving. It's perfect. It's everything we've been waiting for. So yeah, go and check it out. It's well worth it. Even if you're just remotely interested in Star Wars, go and watch it, because it's absolutely incredible. Anyway... Enough about Star Wars. Uh, another thing that dropped this week was the Creepshow Christmas special on Shudder. So we're bringing it back around now. See what I'm doing there? Bringing it back around to something in horror. So <laughs> Creepshow Christmas special. Now, I have been a big fan of Creepshow on Shudder. I'm a big fan of Creepshow, as you know, from listening to these episodes. But I was a big fan of what they did uh, on Shudder and the, and the Creepshow 
original series. Now, this one wasn't the best, I'll be honest with you. I was super pumped to see this. I actually really enjoyed the animated special they brought out a few weeks ago. Was it about a month ago now? It was a little while ago, the animated special. Maybe only a month or two ago, whatever. Um, But I really enjoyed that. I really dug it. I enjoyed the animation style. And I was super, super pumped to... um, Sorry. Super, super pumped to watch the Christmas special because... I like anything Christmas. Christmas movies, horror Christmas movies, they're all good stuff. So I was super excited for this, and it just didn't really work for me, unfortunately. I don't know what it was. I think the main issue for me was it didn't feel very Christmassy at all. (laughs) It felt very low budget. It did not feel very Christmassy. I get there was Santa's, like, part of it. It was werewolves versus Santa's. But for me, it just didn't work. And I I do have to applaud them on one thing, and that is that they made this episode one cohesive story and gave the episode probably the time it deserved to pan out. Um, because sometimes, you know, with those 20-minute stories, it's just not enough time to, to, to spread it out. But yeah, there was just something about this that I just didn't get. I mean, I, I enjoyed it okay. It was okay, but... Yeah, I expected a lot more, to be honest. I expected it to be a lot more Christmassy <laughs> than what it was. I get it, Santas were there, but yeah. Uh, for me, it was okay. I, I, I think I was a little bit disappointed with it, unfortunately. So, um, one of those things, but hey-ho, we will move on. But it's worth probably checking out. If you're a fan of Creepshow, it's probably worth checking out, but probably set your expectations low. Um, the best way I could probably describe it is if you watched the TV series, which was quite low budget anyway, probably like half that budget and this is what you would get. It's very low budget. It's not fantastic at all. But, you know, it's okay. Like the story makes sense. It's fun-ish, I suppose. But yeah, it is It is very low budget and not um, not as good as the TV series, unfortunately. But anyway, um, that is the housekeeping wrapped up for me this week. So let's get into the movie we are going to be talking about this week. Now, we're just talking about Creepshow Christmas Special, which I said wasn't very festive at all. We're going to talk about a movie which is very festive. And I actually think this is one of the strongest points of this movie, how festive and how Christmassy this movie actually is and as i said at the very start of the show this week on the show we're going to be talking about the 1980 quote unquote slasher classic because i don't think this is actually a slasher movie but we're gonna go into it christmas evil now this is hailed by many people critics alike as one of the best christmas horror movies ever made And I think that is well up for debate, as we will get into in this show. Now, I'm not saying that this isn't a good movie. This movie's, you know, pretty decent. I can totally see why people like this movie, and because it has some really, really good points to it, but it's not the best Christmas horror movie. And I actually was reading some, like, top ten lists of Christmas horror movies not too long ago, and this was number one. So I was like really excited to check this out but it is not the best <laughs> like, i it's it's a movie i actually finished watching this movie and i was like what the fuck is this movie like what is this trying to be is it because there's so many things about this movie like they say it's a slasher movie which it kind of is i suppose because you have a killer 
going around killing people. So kind of like a slasher movie. It's more of a, like a, I would probably say it's not really a slasher movie, but it's more of a character study movie, like rather than a slasher movie. It's so, like, so strange, but it also has these elements of, like, a family Christmas movie. Like, it's hard to explain, as we're going to get into through this episode, but yeah, it actually has, it was parts of this movie I was watching thinking, is this, like, a different film? Like, have they changed the tone of this altogether? It's very strange. I say there is um, a very strange feeling around the movie, and if it if it wasn't for the kills, because there's not many kills in this either, and the kills that do happen aren't very good; they're pretty weak. But if it wasn't for the kills, you would just think this is a pretty subpar bad Christmas movie. And the kills really are the only horror elements to it. Because even the parts where we're kind of doing the character study and seeing this guy lose his mind and, and all that kind of stuff, we st- it's still not very scary. It's not horror-like. So, it, like, apart from the kills, you would just think this is a guy who, I don't know, has, like, I don't know, like a Santa issue? But not really a scary one either. It's it's. I mean, the whole movie is basically about a man slowly losing his mind to the point where he thinks he's Santa Claus. <laughs> but um, but I mean, it takes quite a while to get there as well. So, um, but once we do get to the point where he's like Santa Claus, it's qu- like it happens really quickly. Like literally, just puts the beard on. It's like I'm Santa Claus, and then the next scene is in his full suit. So it's very strange. Um, and we miss out a big chunk of his life, which I feel like in the story would be quite important. They kind of try and track back a little bit, but it doesn't really work too much. Um, but anyway, we're going we're to get into it. We're going to get into it. It's, it's There's just um, quite, there's quite a lot going on. And unfortunately for me, I can't actually see much motive into what he's doing either. Like, I've really tried. But it's, we're going to get into it because I can totally see why people love this movie. I really can. So I'm going to give it... There's... <laughs> There's the ups are ups and the downs are downs. So <laughs> it's pretty in the middle. This one, there are some very very strong points to it. I actually really like how um, Santa-like the killer was, and we're gonna kind of get into the reasons for that. But there is a lot of things that happen in Christmas horror movies that don't play on the most important factor, and that is that it's at Christmas time, and the killer, for example, a killer Santa. There's Elements to those things that a lot of Christmas horror movies do not play on, whereas this horror movie, this movie plays on them perfectly. For example, the killer works in a toy factory. That's perfect for a Christmas horror movie. He looks awesome. Let me just say that right now. The killer, the Santa killer look is awesome. Um, there's things that he does, like he tries to go down a chimney in this movie. That's perfect. You know, he delivers presents. He has a naughty and nice list and all this kind of stuff. So there is so many good things about this movie that makes it a really good watch. Unfortunately, there is a lot of scenes that drag as well in a lot of cases. Um, and there's a lot of scenes that really hurt my brain. When I am when I watched this movie, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, how is this happening? And we're going to get into all of that in just a moment. So, But anyway, let's talk um, 
a, a, like a little bit about the killer Santa look as well. So he actually, this is actually a really awesome look. Like this is upper level of the shopping mall Santa kind of look. This is, you know, you kind of go to a shopping mall sometimes and you see a Santa and you're like, ah, I don't really want my kids going to like take a photo with a Santa because it's not really a good memory. He looks awful. Well, this guy actually looks like a pretty good mall Santa for the most part, like a really upper echelon mall Santa. He looks really, really good. Not like, and in this kind of movie as well, you could really get away with like a really shitty mall santa like look but i'm glad they didn't do that and i'm glad they actually put a lot of effort into how he looks as santa because that really really helped the movie a hell of a lot um now speaking of santa we're gonna the uh, the whole thing about this movie is that it's a man slowly completely losing his mind thinking that he is that he is santa claus but there is a certain magic festive feel to this movie and i know that's going to sound insane but there really is and there is some real undertones into that for sure which we'll get into because some of the scenes you don't know whether it's in his head or whether it's really happening so there is a real there's actually a lot of magic (laughs) that happens in this movie um and that's what makes it sometimes in some parts feel like a family christmas movie because there's generally some in like scenes where you're like what the hell like is happening here is this real is this in the guy's head you know there's a lot of magic happening and i just think that's very very strange but again you can put that down to the fact that he's losing his mind you know he's not really seeing these things but we're gonna get right into that as we go through the play-by-play of the movie so anyway let's get into a little bit of info on the movie christmas evil so christmas evil was released in november 1980 i don't have a specific date that it was released but it says it was released in november 1980 and had a budget of eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars, which for a christmas horror movie at the time is a pretty big budget and i'm not actually sure what they spent this money on <laughs> maybe on the santa suit and some and the extras because there is a lot of extras in this movie but like they didn't spend it on the kills i don't think they spent it on the sets because as we'll get into like the snow on the ground looks awful <laughs> It looks so low budget. Basically, you know when you go to a uh, a shopping mall, for example, and you have like you go and meet Santa, and have like the fake snow on the ground. You might even have it in your own house around your Christmas tree, and it's not even like fake snow. It's just like a white rug, like <laughs> to make it look like snow. That's basically what they used for snow in this movie in some scenes. And it's like, come on, could you not have like? put some effort into this um so yeah i don't actually especially for the time like i know people say oh eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars that, that's a lot of money well it is but not in 1980 they probably filmed this movie in what 1978 1979 nearly a million dollars is a hell of a lot of money to spend on a movie like this and you know i look at some of the things that people that filmmakers independent filmmakers are doing these days on really low budgets in 2020 you know eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars in 2020 from in 1980 to now is probably like three and a half four million dollars maybe even more in terms of what you can get your money for 
So I think about that in terms of what directors do these days and uh, the magic that directors can do these days on 100,000, 50,000, hell, even under 50,000, 20,000 is actually better than what's produced in this movie. It's it's really crazy. Um, I actually have the... And again, I was drawn in by the cover and everything. The cover's awesome, but it, it's an 88 Films Blu-ray special edition of this movie the cover is awesome and it's a it's slasher it's like part of the slasher classics collection so i was like wow i'm a big fan of silent night deadly night which we're going to get into next week on the show uh and black christmas i i but i haven't i'd never seen this movie before uh so i was kind of like wow slasher classics collection which i have a few of those 88 blu-rays i have uh, like mother's day i have terror train uh intruder that we watched last week i think i've got a couple more as well which i have to uh look to get the names of because i've got quite a few blu-rays now but definitely those ones and they're obviously all great slasher movies so i was like oh this one you know if it's a part of 88 films slasher classics it's going to be a real big slasher you know film and uh, what what can be wrong with a killer santa going around killing people but yeah, it, it's not. There's not that many kills, to be honest. It, but but anyway, I'm kind of getting off track there. What the what I was getting at there was the I have the Blu-ray of this movie, and yeah, it's it's actually not the best of transfers. So for the budget of eight hundred eighty thousand dollars in 1980, and then transfer that onto a blu-ray and an 88 films blu-ray who you know that transfer they did for intruder and terror train and mother's day is amazing like they aren't quite up to the level of anchor not anchor sorry <laughs> anchor that's the host of our podcast arrow uh they're not quite up to the level of arrow blu-rays but they're pretty damn good but this one like looked better than dvd quality but not quite up to blu-ray quality so that was a little bit disappointing but a bit strange as well that that was the case you know because obviously like how bad must have the original been for this to be the transfer that's kind of what i was getting at there so especially for the budget that they were playing with here Anyway, let's carry on. Uh, the movie was written and directed by Lewis Jackson, who did absolutely nothing after this movie. <laughs> so I, I was really, I was looking through his filmography and I was like, oh my God, I have absolutely no clue who, what any of these films are. And I think he only did maybe five or six films after this. Um, yeah, this was the biggest film he did. And it's the only one I've seen from him. So, yeah, he didn't really do anything after this. And apologies if he did, and I missed it, but I couldn't see anything in his filmography worth mentioning. But please do prove me wrong. Please do send it through if I got that completely wrong. So, the movie stars as well, Brandon Magart? Majart? Magart. I don't know. I, I, I'm not very good at pronunciations. Brandon Maggart as Harry slash the killer Santa. Uh, and this guy, he's more of a TV actor. He's not really done much after this. He did Dress to Kill, which is quite a big movie. Um, he starred in the Brothers TV show, which I've never seen, but I know of it. Uh, and he's appeared in, you know, he's been in numerous TV roles over the years. He's been in, like, Murder, She Wrote and all those kind of crime dramas, Law and Order, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, not nothing, 
noteworthy. You know, I think Dress to Kill was probably his biggest film, then maybe this, but Brothers is a big TV show as well. So, um, there you go. He also starring in this movie is Jeffrey DeMunn, who is a huge star. And I actually was shocked to see him in this. And it was a one of those because he looked really young in this movie. Um, maybe not, well, not too young. Maybe he looked like in his 30s. So, you know, not old, but not young. And um, I can say that because I'm, I'm coming up to being 30 soon. So, But anyway, he, um, not old, not young. And I looked at his face and I was like, oh my god, who is this guy? I recognise his face. I had to Google it. It was Jeffrey DeMunn who, who has been in fucking everything. <laughs> like, over the years, he's been in absolutely everything. He's uh, He plays Harry's brother, Phil, Philip. And he, like I said, this guy went on to have an absolutely massive career. He's been in things like The Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, The Walking Dead, loads and loads of good shit. So, yeah, Jeffrey DeMunn was a, one of those ones where I was like, oh my God, like you recognise his face, but because... I generally only see him as like an older actor these days in the parts that he plays from like the 90s onwards. I just was like, who is this guy? And then it clicked straight away. I was like, holy shit, it's Jeffrey DeMunn. As soon as I saw it, I was like, man. Um, but he looks really young in this. Like you could, if you weren't looking closely, you would really be like, who the fuck is this guy, man? You know, it's one of those faces where you're like, I know this guy, but who is this guy? um but yeah so that's pretty much a little bit of background on the movie itself so without any further ado let's go into the actual movie let's do this deep dive let's do a a blow by blow by blow of the movie christmas evil and there is a lot to talk about everyone because this movie um there is a lot to say um and that's not saying that i didn't enjoy it i definitely enjoyed this movie but it was one of those movies where i kind of finished watching it i was like what the hell did i just watch and i watched it on my own my wife had gone to bed last night so i'm gonna watch it do the podcast on this movie and i just watched it and it got to the end of the movie i was like what the fuck is this movie like what is this movie so Let's get into it. Without any further ado, everyone, let's talk the movie Christmas Evil. Okay, so here we go. So the movie starts with this. It starts in on Christmas Eve in 1947. So, which is one thing as well. When I was watching this movie, I was like, this doesn't look like 1947. (laughs) Like, I, you know, when you have a picture of what 1947 looks like in your head, you're like war-torn, really old-fashioned, that kind of thing. Kind of like your grandma's house, but it was maybe fashionable in one time. But yeah, it's like, this house doesn't look like it was 1947. It looks like it was, like the 70s when when this was being filmed uh i don't think they made much effort to make it look like 1947 um they had these really colorful christmas lights and i'm like did they have these in 1947 like was this a thing maybe it was maybe it was but i've never seen a photograph because it's in black and white obviously but i have never seen a photograph from 1947 which is like really colorful lights and really nice looking pictures it looked just like a grim time the world was getting over the war was the war finished in 1947? I think it was. Yeah, I'm not very good at history. But anyway, 1947. Very festive looking house as well. And we see the two kids and the mum sitting on the 
sitting on the stairs. And this is the first thing. This is the first thing that got me questioning this movie. Because we see Santa coming down the chimney, all magic-like, coming down the chimney, putting presents underneath the, the tree. And I was kind of like, is this really Santa? Like... Have we? Because the kids were on the staircase watching the fireplace and Santa comes down the fireplace. Is this really Santa or is this the imagination of Harry, who loves Santa Claus, just believing, you know, are we seeing it through Harry's eyes where he just believes that this was Santa coming down the chimney? Because some places say that this was his dad. And I'm like... Well, how did he get up the chimney? Like, are we seeing this through his eyes where he thinks that Santa came down the chimney? Very strange if that is the case, because actually Santa doesn't look great. Like, he looks like a fake Santa. He looks like a mall Santa. Kind of what I went on about before, like a really cheap mall Santa. Uh, you know, like a fake beard and stuff like that. Whereas when Harry dresses up as Santa later in the movie, he actually looks like Santa. Like, it actually looks like that's his real beard. So, that's the first thing that got me questioning it. So, anyway, the, so Santa comes down, he puts the comes down the chimney, all magical. So I'm like, is this really Santa? I don't know. I have a feeling that it's not Santa. It is his dad, and we're seeing it through Harry's eyes because he's a psycho even though we don't have the trigger yet to find out that he is like that but yeah he comes down the chimney i just like scratching my head straight away um so then they go upstairs and the kind of question like oh that was dad you know him and his brother in the bedroom like oh that was dad that was dad uh and they were like no no that was really santa claus so like one of them thinks it's the dad, one of them thinks it's Santa Claus. Who is correct? Um, <clears throat> I think the movie starts as well with the famous song, uh, I Saw Mommy Getting Fingered by Santa Claus. <laughs> like, that is, uh, you know, I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus, but not in this movie, I saw Mommy getting fingered by Santa Claus. So... We're on to a winner straight away. Uh, and that was probably the version that should have gone to Christmas number one uh, over the other one. I saw mommy getting fingered by Santa Claus, blah de blah, blah I don't know the words, but whatever. Um, very weird start. And then they there's this shot, actually. There's this shot where they Santa kind of looks at them. Or the dad, whoever it is. Let's say it's Santa. Kind of looks at them and you know, puts his finger on his nose, kind of like magical, all magical, like Santa does, and they disappear from the stairs. There's a shot where we're looking at them on the stairs, head on, the three of them, and then the next shot is they've just disappeared, and then it's like real quick, disappeared, then we're on to the next shot, and I'm like, what the fuck? Was this terrible editing, or was that meant to be magic? I just don't know. Um... Anyway, so Billy, not Billy, what am I saying? Billy? <laughs> why did I write Billy down? I had it on my notes here, it was Billy, but it's Harry. So why did I say Billy? Jesus. Like I say, I just wrote down probably what I thought. But Harry goes downstairs and he sees Santa... I don't well what what was santa doing here <laughs> it, like he sees santa like on his knees fondling with his mum 
underneath the Christmas tree. So his mum's like standing up and he's like on his knees and he's not going down on her. But he, she's, he's kind of like just feeling her leg and she's like really into it. So maybe she's like really into Santa Claus, which I kind of think she is. Is this the dad or is this Santa Claus? I think at this point, this is the dad. I hope anyway. I hope he's not the real Santa Claus. Came back down the chimney. Maybe he's fingering her. Like, I don't know, because that's what the, the song said. You know, so maybe he's fingering her, but we don't really see it. It's very strange. And uh, he, like, gets scarred for life uh, and runs upstairs. And this is where he starts cutting himself and things like that because he was, like, so upset that he saw Santa, let's just say, fingering his mum in the living room on Christmas Eve. Now, I think it was the dad. This bit, I think, was the dad not Santa Claus, even though it was the same-looking Santa Claus that we saw earlier on. But as we know, at the end of the movie, again, it's open to interpretation. There is magic in this Christmas Evil universe. So maybe it was the real Santa fingering his mum. <laughs> I don't know. But that is pretty much the the prologue of the movie, is the fact that we see this kid, he sees his mum getting fingered in front of the Christmas tree, and then he has this, like, Santa... Like, I would have thought this would give him a Santa-phobia, because he obviously loves Santa when you see him on the stairs. It's like, oh my god, it's Santa, I love Santa. He's like Buddy the Elf. It's like, Santa! You know, and then he sees him get his mum getting fingered by him, so he's, like, not as happy. But um, I would have thought this, like, would set off, like, some sort of Santa-phobia but it actually sets off a Santa obsession where he's just obsessed with Santa Claus. I don't know, it's very strange. So anyway, we fast forward to the present time. Oh, dear me. Sorry, I'm not even on the beers tonight. I'm on the water. My God, my myself and I, I learned my lesson last week from the beers because damn, they were so killing me last week. I don't know what it was, but I could hardly talk. I could hardly take, like, say a sentence and my... I was just... I was in pain. I was in that much pain, whereas I'm feeling a lot better today. But, Jesus, that just came up. That that fabulous, dangerous H2O just came right back up. So, anyway, we cut forward to the present. Now, we don't see how many years has elapsed. It just says to the present, which is a bit of a dangerous thing to do because I'm watching this in 2020, and this was in 1947, so it's obviously not the present to me. Uh, so I'd rather just said a year and told us specifically how many years has gone by. I'm guessing 30. So this guy's like in his 40s now, maybe. Something along those lines. He's the older brother. So he's probably about 40, let's say 40. So say 30 years has gone by, I, I don't know. And the guy is obsessed with Santa Claus, which is another thing I really enjoy. He gets up, and I think this starts, this is like spans over a f quite a while, this movie. It spans over like Thanksgiving weekend, then it's like the 23rd of December, then it's Christmas Eve, then it's Christmas Day. Like, there is a lot of time happen in this movie um, where I actually thought, oh, it's only going to be Christmas Eve and then christmas day but it starts on thanksgiving and just works its way through to christmas day so a lot of time happens here so anyway he is uh obsessed with santa he has santa claus pajamas he has a santa claus hat that he sleeps in and everything in his house is santa claus and he's like 
Santa overload in his house. Like, at this point, I suppose it is Christmas time, Thanksgiving time, so you probably could get away with, with it. But I was like, man, like, how obsessed are you with, with Santa Claus? Um, I, one thing I do like about this movie, that he has his own naughty and nice list. So even before he puts the Santa suit on, he actually thinks... Does he think he's Santa Claus at this point in time? I think we're slowly seeing the man. By the time we catch up with him in 30 years later, he's already probably past that point of no return, but we don't quite... We only see, like, that final tick where he really loses it. Because he's got his own naughty and nice book, which he, like, obviously updates all the time. And he, like, spies on his neighbour's kids. Like, he goes up to the roof and spies on his neighbour's kids and puts them, details their movements in these naughty and nice books to see if they would be, you know, naughty or nice. Um, like, th- in this day and age, you'd be put on a register for that kind of thing. He's literally on the roof with binoculars looking in children's rooms. <laughs> It's like, I actually think um, it would have maybe been slightly better if he killed a couple of kids. I actually thought he was going to kill at least one child in this movie. There's a child in this movie which he absolutely hates called Moss Garcia. And he's like, oh, all these kids, like, oh, yes, lovely. They're all, like, lovely kids. And he's put them all in a nice book. And then there's Moss Garcia and he's there reading... (laughs) Like reading, uh, like reading porn in his bedroom, and he's just like this little kid, just little lad, really, just like looking at naked women, and he's in the naughty books. So he hates this kid, absolutely hates him. But I genuinely think I, I know it was 1980, so there's probably only so much you can get away with killing children in movies, especially in a Christmas movie, was probably heavily frowned on then. It's heavily frowned on now. You know, you very rarely see a horror movie where kids get killed off. Um, but I feel like that would have really made this movie a bit darker. I just think it wasn't dark enough and that would have made it quite a bit darker. Um, so also another thing, as I said earlier in the movie that I really, sorry, earlier in the podcast that I really enjoy is the fact that he works in a toy factory. Um, like that, again, that similarity between Santa, I totally, totally get it. And he hates working for this toy factory because they make these shitty toys and he's like, these kids deserve better, you know, than these shitty toys. But, you know, there's probably only so many places if you want to work in a toy factory in that town, there's probably only one. So you pick and choose what you want to do. <clears throat> And uh, he's, like, just been given a promotion so that he, like... And he misses working on the production line because he enjoyed making the toys because that was more Santa-like. So, again, I really like these similarities that are going on. Unfortunately, it takes so long for anything to happen in this movie. Like, I think the first kill doesn't happen for 45 minutes into the movie or something like that. So we kind of get a lot of this, like, little backstory that we don't really... you know kind of drags out quite a little bit um anyway he sees this guy and the kind of the co-workers kind of bully him because the noise not quite right in the head and then he is forced to well not forced but bullied into um working this shift online for this co-worker so he works a double shift uh, and he, he sees the co-worker in the bar that night basically making fun of him taking the piss out of him and um 
he knows that he's been done over there, so he knows that you know the co-workers don't respect him and they just make fun of him. And he goes home and he gets like one of the toys and he crushes it in anger. And I really like this because this kind of sets up another scene where he has his own little toy factory in his house. And he's like humming Christmas songs really angrily and really losing his temper. I just think it's really, really good. Now, he goes to his old childhood home. Like, I presume it's his old childhood home. It, old childhood home. It looks very, very similar to the house that we see at the start of the movie. Maybe that's just because they use the same house, but it definitely looked like that. And we find out that this is actually his brother's house. And he was going there for Thanksgiving dinner, I think. And he's, like, spying on his brother. I presume this is... I think it is his brother. I I think this is uh, Phil. Um, And, yeah, like, the kids go to bed. (laughs) Like, the kids go to bed and not even up the stairs. And Philip is knee-deep into his wife on the couch. Like, literally, this guy was ready to pounce (laughs) He was like, he like Harry just stands by the window and watches his brother have sex with his wife on the couch literally two minutes after he'd sent his wife to bed. It was just like the most, like, what is happening here? Like, what is happening? Uh, and uh, as I say, it ends up being his brother's house and Harry ditches them to watch the Santa parade on TV. And... Um, he yeah so he, he he ditches him on thanksgiving and yeah then he's like this is the point where phil his brother's kind of like are you okay are you okay you know he's he slowly knows that he's going to lose his mind although he's losing his mind rather um but yeah he's like his brother's not bothered because he's right in there with his wife on the couch and um yeah we we, we see him make the santa suit here we see him make the Santa suit. We don't have the beard scene here, but he like makes himself this Santa suit because he's like obsessed with Santa and um, he paints his van like a sleigh. This is another thing I really like about this movie. The sleigh slash the van. So when, he's dr- when he is Santa and he's dressed up as Santa and he's r- driving the van, he actually sees it as his sleigh and it actually becomes his sleigh at the end of the movie as we'll get into but yeah he's like whip pretending to whip the reindeer at the front of the van he's like on dasher on comet on vixen on you know dancer prancer all that kind of stuff even though he's, there's no reindeer there he in his head thinks that this is a sleigh and thinks that there's reindeers driving it for him like it's really good stuff I think the stuff they do in this movie in terms of Santa Clausisms are brilliant. Really good. Like, that saves this movie. The Santa Clausisms in this movie completely saved this movie for me. Uh, <laughs> this guy, he really hates Moscars here. There is an absolutely hilarious, hilarious scene where Harry is walking home and we already know that he doesn't like Moscars here, this little kid. Because of he's put him in the naughty list. <laughs> when he was spying on him, he was looking at like this naked lady, and uh, <laughs> so he's like saying to the kids, "Oh, hi, kids, you be good." You know, they're on the other side of the street. He's like, "Yeah, what do you want for Christmas?" And one of the girls was saying, "Like, oh, like I can't remember what she said, but say she said, oh, a Barbie doll or something like that, something along those lines." 
And Moss Garcia just wasn't he wasn't even asked. He asked like every kid what they wanted, but he didn't want Moss. He didn't ask Moss Garcia because he hates him. And uh, he was like, Moss Garcia goes, I wish I had a subscription to Pet House magazine. <laughs> Harry's face is just hilarious. He's just like, I hate this fucking, I hate this motherfucker. It's so funny. (laughs) Um, And he hates him so much that he goes to uh, Moss Garcia's house to spy on him, I suppose, to kind of get like a little bit of extra dirt on him. And he ends up like covering his face in mud and kisses the wall and kisses the and puts his hands on the wall so it kind of I presume to just send a message to Moss Garcia so he looks at it and then that's that and there's also this really weird scene where he hides in the bushes and like Moss Garcia the kid kind of sees him and goes to the bushes and then the he nearly grabs him and then he screams and runs back to his mom and says mom there's a there's a there's a guy in the bushes please help me he's just trying to grab me and his mum slaps him like this motherfucking mother is awful like this is the worst kind of mother like if this kid had been grabbed or killed because there was a guy in the bush she didn't believe him like he was just trying to alert her that there's some guy in the bush and he gets a slap round the face for it like Jesus Christ. I mean, the guy is a weirdo for doing all of this. Don't get me wrong, but, like, that kid should not have been slapped in the face. She is a terrible, terrible mother. Um, She didn't even go and investigate the bush. Had she investigated the bush, she would have found Harry in there. I don't know what would have happened at that point, uh, because he didn't have any weapons on him or anything, so I think maybe that would have been the end of the movie. Like, he would have probably been arrested. But this was 1980, so maybe he wouldn't have been. Maybe he would have just been, I don't know, like, sent... I don't know, maybe we should have just chased him off. Who knows? Uh, So there's like a Christmas party, and this is a weird scene because not a lot happens in this Christmas party, really. Like, Harry goes to this the the factory's Christmas party, he meets this new executive, and they're running this, this charity thing where they give toys to the local hospital, the local children's hospital. And Harry's like, why don't we just give them the toys because they are shit and, you know, cost no money anyway. And the executive's like, no, 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 we'll get the, ex- the the employees to pay for the toys and then they'll deliver the toys to the children's hospital. Then it's win-win for the factory because they get the money for the toys and then they get the good publicity that the toys have been delivered to the children's hospital. And this, he flips out at this. He's like, you what, you... There is no way you are giving, charging people for these shitty toys and then getting them delivered to the children's hospital. But he delivers them to the children's hospital. So maybe he's like, because he goes to the factory after this, steals all the toys, wraps them, and then delivers them to the children's hospital. So I suppose it's kind of the whole thing of he believes that the factory should be giving them away for free. But... They were going to deliver them to the children's hospital anyway. But I think that not every child would have got a present because they were kind of saying that he didn't know how many children were in the hospital. So I suppose by stealing all the toys and delivering them to the children's hospital, he, you know, that everyone would be win-win then. Um. So, uh, now this is where we see Harry turn into santa now this is really really good because he 
super glues the fake beard to himself. And he can't get it off. And because he can't get the fake beard off, in his head, he believes that he has grew this beard. He believes that he is now Santa Claus and goes out to do Santa's work on Christmas Eve. Like, like, because he's trying to pull the beard off. And the fact that he can't pull it off, he, like, laughs hysterically and cries because he's like, it's me! It's really me! It isn't, pal. You're off your trolley. <laughs> it's not you at all. But he, from this moment on, thinks he's Santa Claus. Like, he's off his head. Off his rocker, this guy. Um... <clears throat> So let's let's get into what happens next. I'm just reading through my notes here because there's so much happened in this movie. I don't want to miss a scene because some of these scenes are you're watching them and you're like, what the actual fuck is going on here? What is this movie? As I as I've said, so he goes, so he keeps he he thinks he's Santa. He wakes up. It's Christmas Eve, and he breaks into somebody's house on christmas eve so it kind of all happens quite quickly it happens like the day before christmas eve he puts the beard on then the next scene is it's christmas eve night so we don't see a lot of christmas eve day at all it's just night time on christmas eve and he breaks into somebody's house dressed as santa claus and just starts stabbing these toys you know very strange there is a scene actually before this which i should mention is quite important because he has his own little toy factory in his house and he kind of like melts steel and makes like these like kind of wooden like not wooden but metal army men you know like the the nutcracker style army men and little like hat like hammers and little um tomahawks for kids like he has all of those which he's going to he's making himself he's like because he's the polar opposite of the factory the the factory are making cheap shitty plastic toys that break he believes he's making substantial toys that won't break out of steel (laughs) silver um so yeah i like that contrast as well he is making his own toys not only in the factory but in his own home as well. He's making substantial toys. So yeah, he like... Anyway, he gets to this guy's house and he just starts stabbing the toys and putting toys under the tree. It's all very weird. And then he just walks out the front door. So this this family... I know it's 1980. It's 1980, so they probably didn't lock their door. But I was like, he just walks out the front door? Like, what the hell? Just very strange. Now, one of the things that I think would have been nice would have to have seen the full transformation, him putting the Santa suit on, all that kind of good stuff. We didn't really see that. We see the one scene where he puts the beard on and he's laughing. And then the next scene we're in, it's the next day, Christmas Eve, and he's in someone's house. Would it be the next day? Like, yeah, this might actually be like a week later, but in the film, it's a it's the next day, so... Like, the next scene, Christmas Eve. He uh, delivers a bag of dirt to Moscow's house as well. He hates this kid. He hates him so much, he delivers a big bag of dirt to Moscow's house. It's very strange. Now, he goes to the children's hospital. He goes to the children's hospital, and he's, like, standing outside, and he's ringing the bell, Christmas Eve night. It's like, ho, 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 you know, all this kind of stuff. And uh, the security guard comes out. He's like, what the hell do you want? 
and he's like, I just want to deliver some presents to the children. And you kind of feel like, because this is a slasher movie, bearing in mind up until this point no one's been killed yet, we've been through all of this and no one's been killed, I thought he's gonna he's gonna kill the security guard, then he's gonna go into the children's hospital and either kill some people in there and then drop the presents off. But he doesn't. Like the way this scene plays out, I was like, am I watching a slasher movie? So the security guard goes back into the hospital to get the staff, and they bring about five staff members out, doctors, nurses to kind of help. And um he opens up the van, the back of the van, the sleigh. And it's filled with presents. All these presents that he's donating to the children's hospital. And I was like, something's got to give here. Something has got to give. And it doesn't. Literally, he doesn't. Like, he just gives the doctors and the staff all of these presents. And I just thought, what a lovely gesture. Like, I get that he's, like, stole these presents. But whatever. He's given them all to the children's hospital. Some of these children will get nothing on Christmas especially in 1980, and the doctors and nurses are so happy like about this, and they're all like Merry Christmas, thank you so much, and uh, the staff were just like, Merry Christmas Santa Claus, because he's like, ho 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 Merry Christmas everybody, have a great Christmas, I hope the children have a good Christmas, all this, and they're like thank you Santa Claus, Merry Christmas Santa Claus, and I'm like what the fuck is happening? Like, am I watching a horror movie or am I watching a family? Because up until this point, you would think, well, he's just a burglar who's delivering presents to children for free. He's doing a good deed. He's taking away from the big corporation who have point blank told him that he's there ripping the employees off to make themselves look good to then donate the shitty toys to the children. And he stole the toys to deliver to the children's hospital. So... He's like a Robin Hood character. Like, you're like, what's what's something's got to happen here? And nothing, and nothing did. I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> it was just this most heartwarming scene. And there's a couple of scenes in this movie where I was like, what the fuck is happening here? And that was one of them. So Harry goes to church as well. And I'm not sure he, he didn't go in the church, but we see that his boss is in there. The new executive that he met at the Christmas party is in there. And I'm not too sure what he was waiting for. He went, like, outside the church. And I don't know if he was there to deliver more presents to the church. Because, you know, you've been to the children's hospital. The next port calls the church. I don't know. It was very odd. And, um... Or is he waiting out there to kill, like, his boss? To to come clean that this is what he's done? And to kind of get some praise for it from his boss? I I don't know. Very strange. And anyway, these four strangers just come up to him. The four strangers come out of the the church. And they, like, make fun of the fact that he looks like Santa Claus. And he kills them. He kills four of them. He gets, like, the the little toy soldier that he'd made out of steel in his own workshop and puts it through the guy's eye. Then he gets, like, this one of the tomahawks that he's made out of steel and starts hitting these people in the head with it. These four people, he just starts bl- blasting them in the head with this tomahawk. And uh, to be fair, the eye shot doesn't look too bad. I actually thought, oh, that looks all right, that actually. But the tomahawk to the head looked really shitty. And really, that's four people killed out of absolutely nowhere... And the whole crowd watches him do it. And then just runs into his van and drives away. And I'm like, 
what is happening here? Like, what is happening? Like, why has he killed these four people? Because they made fun of him? Is he only attacking people who are naughty? Again, that would make more sense. But these four people... I, the only thing I can think of here is that he went to kill his greedy boss and the greedy new executive, but these four came out of the church first and they made fun of him, so he attacked them. But he went there to kill his boss. That's the only thing I can think of that would make this work. I was like, what has happened here? Why has he killed these four people? They He'd never met them before. And it just felt really off. The tone of this felt really off compared to what we had been watching just a couple of minutes earlier. But unfortunately, these were quite weak kills. And I said there's not a lot of kills in this movie. I would probably say there's only... How many people get killed? We're going to go through them all. But I think there's only like six people killed in this movie. It's really not a lot of people, and four of them get killed in two minutes, like 20, 20 seconds here, really badly as well. So, <clears throat> anyway. So he goes to a children's charity event next. That's where he heads. And um, he's looking through the window, and I'm like, is he going to kill these people as well? Like, is he hunting these people? I think he goes to the children's charity event to deliver presents. But anyway, these two guys come outside and they're like oh santa you need to come in you need to come in and they push santa in and you can kind of see he kind of goes to the he's reaching for something in the back of his sack as if he's going to kill one of them with something soon like he did outside the church but then they start treating him with respect they're like oh my god santa welcome santa claus thank you so much for joining us the children will be pleased and all the children come and see santa claus and this is his moment again to be santa claus <laughs> it's like what what is going on here like why is he not killing people he's just being santa like a nice santa claus and he ends up just having this like party like he has this like party and i get that they're kind of like oh this guy is a bit weird he's came dressed as santa claus uninvited but he's gave the children presents so we can't really like question it too much but he's there he's like having a it very much reminded me of dudley moore's santa claus <laughs> like when he's dancing around with the elves and you know the his arms are waving everywhere and stuff i was like what is happening what is happening is this a slasher movie what am i what the fuck am i watching here um <laughs> it's so strange um but i'm not i'm not slating this like i actually enjoy a lot of these elements in this movie and i'm going to tell you one bit that i thought was great uh at the very end but yeah, anyway, so, um, and he just has a blast at this party, and he says this really weird thing to the kids, like, he's like, oh yeah, remember kids, you respect your parents, and you respect your teachers, and I will bring you lots of nice presents at Christmas time next year, and everyone's like, oh yeah, thank you, Santa, that's a nice thing to say. <laughs> he just goes, but if you're naughty, you'll be on the naughty list, and I will come to your house, and I'll bring you something terrible. <laughs> And, like, the parents just look at her like, what the fuck? Like, who is this guy? But, like, he's gave the presents, so, you know, he's harmless enough. He's on his way out. Just let him go. Yeah, I just thought, what a weird, weird thing to say to children at a party. It was all going so well, but luckily he was leaving anyway, so nothing really too much happened there. Um, and he goes to the house. And I must say as well, I, after this, so he's he's done... Uh, two, two, um, like, presents drop-offs, you know? He's been to, um, the children's hospital, he's been to the 
charity place. So he actually at this point believes I'm full on Santa Claus. Ho, ho, ho. All that kind of good stuff. And when he's driving the sleigh back, he actually, this is where he sees, or we don't see it, but we know in his head this is what he's seeing. He thinks he's driving a sleigh and he thinks there's bloody reindeers in front of him. Like this guy's completely now full on Santa Claus. Uh, so anyway, he goes to the guy's house who covered for him earlier in the movie. I think it was called Frank. And he climbs onto the roof and tries to go down the chimney. So again, another great thing that I really like about this movie. He There's so many Santaisms to, that they really take seriously for the point of, as I say, he's going, trying to go down the chimney. He gets stuck. So this is the, this is a, the one part that makes me believe it's all in his head. Because if there was magic and he was really Santa Claus, he could have magically fit down the chimney. Like, as far as I'm aware. Um, uh, but there's no magic. So it makes me think it's all in his head. And he tries to get out. He gets stuck in the chimney. He eventually gets out and then he just goes through the basement window. Because nobody locks their fucking windows in this movie. So... He goes and puts some presents under the tree for the kids, and the kids actually see him. Like, the kids are like, oh my god, it's Santa, he's putting presents underneath the tree, how amazing is this? And he goes to the parents' bed, so the kids go back to bed, and he goes to the parents' bedroom, and he tries to suffocate Frank with the sack of toys. He's like, you want these toys, Frank? Oh god, you're gonna fucking die for these toys. And, like, his wife is sleeping right next to him. Like, how can his wife not hear her husband get suffocated right next to her. It's so weird. Uh, and in the end, he ends up getting the star from the top of the tree and slices his neck. This is actually probably the best kill of the film. And that doesn't say a lot, but <laughs> that's literally it. Uh, and the wife just, like, screams. And then the kids kind of watch him leave. The kids go back not knowing that, like, he's just killed their dad in the next room. Like, how fucking messed up would you be as a kid when you've seen santa claus in your living room he's killed your murdered your dad and you've just watched him leave and like thank you santa claus you'd be scarred for life if this was you you really would be um there is absolutely no way on earth you would get over this trauma like these poor poor kids um now uh, uh, yeah again how does the wife not wake up jesus christ it's such a strange thing um now at this point in time as well, obviously the police have uh, onto the fact that there's a killer Santa Claus on the loose, and they have this lineup of Santa Clauses that they've basically got every Santa Claus from every mall in the city, line them up, and it was very reminiscent of the Santa Claus from you know the one with Tim Allen in the Disney movie, um, where they've got "Gimme all your loving, all your hugs and kisses." Do they've got like there's like. Um, flashbacks to the north pole i only know this much because literally we watched the santa claus last night the tim allen the santa claus one of my favorite christmas movies probably top three christmas movies of all time the santa claus fucking amazing uh, and then i watched this one directly afterwards and i was like oh this is very similar to the santa claus this came out about 12 years earlier but i was like oh it's very similar like, just the way the lineup worked and stuff like that. Had all these Santa Clauses down from the mall because they were looking for Santa Claus. It's all good stuff. So, the next day, it's Christmas Day. And he wakes up 
and he looks a mess. Like, he looks a mess at this point. There's blood all over his suit. He is disheveled. He's still got the beard on. He still looks like Santa Claus, but he's looking worse for wear here. And Harry goes to the toy factory and destroys all of the toys. He just knocks all the machines on and he just gets all the toys destroyed. And he's like, look what I'm doing. Off they go. All sorted. Uh, that's the end of all these shitty toys. No more will these children be, you know, forced to play with this shit. He just breaks them all. It's very quite good. Very quite good. Uh, da, da, da. So Harry phones Phil, his brother. And this is basically where he... he He's going to say, you know, I'm finally going to play my tune, Phil. I'm finally going to understand where I'm coming from. And Phil, you know, sounds like he's, like, just had this his entire life with Harry and how he's just losing his mind and how he's slowly lost his mind. And Harry and Phil, to be fair, Philip, his brother, is really, really worried about him. Like, he's like, Harry, please come round. Let's get this sorted. So although he's probably had to put up with this for his entire life with his older brother... He's, like, stuck by him, for the most part. And even invited him to Thanksgiving, so he must invite him around there all the time. It's weird that even though, like, Harry has all of these, like, like these things mentally wrong with him, he still managed to get himself an executive job in a toy factory. <laughs> so, even though he had all these issues, he still had... He still did pretty well for himself. Um. Oh, my God. There is this... There is this fucking scene. Jesus Christ. Did this scene happen first? I can't really... It did, yeah, it did happen first. Jesus, I'm just looking at my notes here. I was like, oh my god, this fucking scene. <laughs> Where do I begin with this scene? Um, So, Harry goes... This scene is honestly one of the most bizarre things I've ever watched in... in any movie. And I feel like Christmas movies have this really, especially Christmas horror movies, they run this fine line. Because with a Halloween movie or a uh, a birthday movie, a Thanksgiving movie, a Halloween movie, a summertime movie, Easter horror movie, that kind of thing, you, you don't have to play by set rules. Whereas at Christmas movies, they really struggle with this line of like being a festive film a family festive film and a slasher film. So anyway, Harry goes dressed as Santa to see all of these kids and they all go around. He knows all of these kids from the neighborhood and he goes to give them presents and the parents from a distance completely freak out. Like they are like, get away from our kids. Get away from them. They're like, get, oh my God, get him away from the children. Get him away from the children because they know there's a killer Santa on the loose in town. And one of the dad, one of the dads, pulls a knife out. So it's just it's just insane. One of the dads pulls a knife out, like a, a Stanley knife, and the kids wrap round Santa Claus to protect him. This killer Santa Claus who isn't going to hurt the children because he's given them presents. He's only killing people he doesn't like or feels like are on the naughty list, I presume. And all of the kids stand around this killer Santa Claus and protect him like from their parents. The parents are like, come here, kids. Like, they're not in any danger. It's the parents who are in danger. Um, I'm just thinking, what is this scene? What is happening here? So Angela, who is the little girl, runs to her dad and starts like punching him and she's like 
don't hurt Santa Claus, Daddy. Don't hurt Santa Claus. And the 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 mum goes <laughs> goes to. He thinks for some reason the mum thinks that he's attacking the daughter, and she's like, "Don't you hurt my daughter!" And it's like he's protecting her from the killer Santa Claus with the knife. And in the end, he attacks the wife. <laughs> it's like, what is going on here? He and then he attacks the wife. This fucking these people exist in the world amazingly as well. And then the knife drops on the floor. And the little girl goes and gives the knife to the killer Santa Claus and, she, and then he attacks the dad on his way around. I was like, what the fuck? How, who thought about this sequence of events? I thought, yep, this is how this scene is going to play out. It's like, what the actual fuck is going on here? Um, Jesus, and the dad, I say, just attacks the wife. Like, what the hell? Like, your daughter's right there, protect her. Um, and just to really top this scene off, the parents, within seconds, that all they were doing, all the kids were just playing outside, and the parents were just sparsely talking in the street, and whilst, now that Harry the Santa Claus is running away from them, they gather up in this mob gang and get torches, not electric torches, fucking chasing Frankenstein down the hill kind of fire torches how where did they get torches from it's 1980 we're not so this isn't like 1935 this is not even 1935 1800s this is 1980 and they've got these torches and they're chasing him round the neighborhood kind of reminded me of bill sykes from oliver twist trying to you know get away from all the, this this mob it's just the most incredible scene. Like, fucking torches. Like, what is going on here? It, it it just seems like this film, the final 15 minutes of this film, you're like, this cannot be happening. What is this movie? What is happening? But I, I do dig it. I think, like, some of the actual final... The final kind of 30, 40 minutes of this movie are very, very entertaining. Maybe not because it makes sense, but... They are very... There's boring parts of this movie, for sure. But for the most part, the final half of the movie is very entertaining. And I say maybe not for the right reasons, not because it's a good movie, but it's batshit crazy, and I've got to applaud them for that kind of thing. Um, Everyone's slipping on the ice, and I'm not too sure if that was, like, intentional or... (laughs) Or whether it was just generally icy. As I say, it was just, like, this crazy slip every everybody's running on this ice you can see that it's icy on the camera it's like this long wide shot and you see santa running down the hill and the the angry mobber behind him and uh, he slips on the ice and you're like oh my god like this can't be that can't have been rehearsed so harry he goes to phil's house and um he basically no, he said, like, Phil goes, I knew it was you. I knew this would be you. And in the end, he ends up choking Harry. Not to death. We think it's to death, but he ends up just choking Harry, drags him into the van, like, <laughs> whilst the kids are watching from the window. So the kids are upstairs, and they see that the dad has choked out Santa Claus and has put him in the van. <laughs> it's just absolutely crazy and uh, the final scene of the movie is 
We think that he's dead, but he's not. He wakes up, he punches Phil, he punches his, knocks his brother out, and Harry just drives in his van really fast. He drives past the angry mob with the torches and drives off a bridge and then flies away. <laughs> like, the, the, the van turns into a magical sleigh ride a magical sleigh and just flies off. So he's he's drove off a bridge. <laughs> the sleigh turns into a ma- the van turns into a magical sleigh and he flies off. And then the last things we hear in the whole movie is Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. And he's flying off like the night before Christmas style, round the moon in his van. And then that's the end of the movie. And there's so much to pick at from that one moment. The fact of the... Like, people will say... People will say it was all in his head. Okay. People will say that. It was all in his head. And, you know, Santa didn't really come down the chimney when he was younger. And when he drove off the cliff... he Or drove off the bridge, rather. He wasn't flying like we see. We see... We see it from Harry's point of view where he actually thinks he's flying and he thinks he's Santa Claus and that's why he says that. Where in reality, he drives that thing off a cliff and he would have got some distance on that thing. He was going really fast. So he would have, you know, got some air time in before he crashed, landed. Uh, And then he dies. Like, that would be the logical explanation as to what's happened there. But we see Phil, his brother, when he flies off the 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 bridge we see his brother look up as he's saying to all a good night and it's like this moment from elf where the santa sleigh comes you know like from behind walter hobbs and he's like whoa you know he sees the sleigh and he's looking up at the sleigh and he's got like this look on his face of like christmas wonder like you know like oh my god it's christmas there's santa claus that's kind of the look that phil has in this scene where he's looking up in amazement that his brother is flying <laughs> like and he's like has this realization oh my god my brother really was santa claus or something like that it, it, you can see it from both sides whether you want to believe the magical side of it whether harry actually did see santa claus when he was little whether he did fly off and the van turned into a sleigh maybe he had acquired so much christmas spirit from delivering all these presents that he actually turned into santa claus or i don't know the logical explanation is that that was just all in his head because this is more as in more of a character case like a case file of a man losing his mind to the point where at the very end of the movie he's lost his mind so much that he believes that the van is flying and has turned into a sleigh when in actual reality it's crash landed but we don't hear the van crash land that's the thing we don't hear it so I think it's really open to interpretation. And uh, as I said, did you see at the end of this scene where Phil falls down the slide, like the 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 um, he falls down like this hill, and it's meant to be snow, and it's like I say, it's just like the the white carpet onto cardboard boxes. It looks absolutely dreadful, absolutely dreadful. But I think that uh, really adds to the movie. But what an awesome ending. Like, I applaud this ending wholeheartedly because it's a, one of those ones where, you're like, it's so bold. Like, f- like that they went there. They's like, they actually went there. Like, the guy flew off in his van like a sleigh. 
was just like, what the actual fuck is happening here? But yeah, I mean, that, 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 and that's the end of the movie. So, you know, overall, I would probably say, is this a slasher classic? No, not by a long shot. Um, it's, I don't even think it's a slasher movie. Only five people get killed in this movie and four of them get killed within 20 seconds. So if you're watching this movie thinking you're going to see like Santa Claus killing loads of people, which I thought it was, um, you're probably going to be disappointed. However, however, what this lacks in kills for a slasher movie, quote-unquote, makes up for in entertainment and quite interesting and bold decisions on where they go with the Santa Claus character. Um, some of the decisions they make and some of the scenes are really, you have to see them to believe them. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's worth checking out. It's not a great movie, but I probably will watch this again. Maybe not till next Christmas, but I think I will watch it again. There was enough there to get me back to watch it again, and I was entertained for the most part. And although, to be honest with you, the most boring parts of the movie are the kills, the rest of it is pretty good and pretty interesting. But if I'm quite honest with you, I watched the movie last night and I still quite don't know what I watched. <laughs> I don't know if I watched a horror movie, a slasher movie, a bad Christmas movie. I don't really know what this is or what it's meant to be. It's just a thing. <laughs> it's just this messed up thing. So, yeah, it, I actually think it's worth you checking out at Christmas time because it's certainly an experience and you are going to... Whether you love or hate this, whatever your final outcome is of this movie, you are going to leave thinking, what the fuck was that? Like, you really will. You're not going to be, you know, you're not going to go thinking, oh, that was this, you know, it was crap, that was good. You're going to leave thinking, what the fuck have I just watched? What is this movie? And I think those kind of movies are bold and quite brave and, you know, deserve a watch just for... Some of the decisions they make, it's worth watching and giving giving it your time. So overall, I would probably give it somewhere between a 5.5 and a 6 out of 10. Because where it lacks in actual horror movie elements and kills, it makes up for in actually being quite an entertaining, funny film. So yeah, definitely worthwhile checking out. So anyway, to end this episode, we're going to be doing a little bit of trivia based on the movie Christmas Evil. So without any further ado, let's get straight into it. There's not a huge amount this week. Um, couldn't actually find a lot about this movie. There's a little bit though, so let's get into it. Uh, John Waters recommends this as his favourite Thanksgiving slash Christmas themed film. He's insane. Director Lewis Jackson came up with the basic idea for this film after smoking marijuana one night during the 1970s and seeing a vision of Santa Claus holding a knife. It all makes sense now. It all makes sense. This movie is the property, the 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 brainchild of a stoner. Like some of the decisions they make in this movie, you're like, who, who how high were they when they wrote this? Very high from the sounds of it. Uh, though it was the success of Halloween in 1978 that ultimately allowed this film to be made, this movie, Christmas Evil, was actually written earlier. Accordingly, Lewis Jackson does not consider this film to be a slasher film, 
but rather a film that has a more that has more in common with Frankenstein. So again, that's something with the pitchforks, I suppose. But like, it's not a slasher film. But that's why is it part of a slasher collection? Then I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore after watching this fucking film. Um, when Harry slips on the street running from the mob, he really did slip and Lewis Jackson left it in the film. And finally, while many believe, while many people think Harry does in fact fly off at the end, others claim he actually drives off the bridge and kills himself. An explosion can supposedly be heard... But people debate if the sound effect was from the van exploding or from Harry's brother rolling down the hill into the boxes. Now, I actually think it was that. Because Harry rolls down the hill and that makes that noise. Then he looks up and sees his brother flying. So that wouldn't make sense. So I I do genuinely think the sound was from the boxes and not from an explosion we don't see we don't hear an explosion i'm not having any of it we do not hear one um so anyway everyone thank you very much for joining me this week i hope there wasn't too much star wars talk i promise next week there will be no star wars talk it will be 100 (laughs) percent horror movie related but i kind of had to get it in there because man what a fucking awesome thing that happened this week what an awesome thing but anyway uh next week on the show we are going to be talking about the christmas slasher classic silent night deadly nights one of the and again this is the thing i was saying about christmas horror movies they are so out there they are so off the rails and this one is definitely like that as well so silent night deadly night is coming next week for our fourth christmas movie in december and then it'll be january before we know it 2021 and then we'll be back to uh that'll be the end of the christmas movies for another year uh, and then we'll do the same thing probably next year as well. But, you know, we'll get on some more regular movies after the Christmas period. So Silent Night, Deadly Night is coming next week. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to check out our Facebook page, Slasher Street Podcast on Facebook. Just give that a like on there. We're always sharing horror movie memes. It's always good banter. So give us a like on there. And uh, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere, if it has a function to leave us a review, please, please, please do. Please hit that five-star button. And please, if you have the time, do write us a review. I would really appreciate it. would really like to listen to your feedback and read your feedback. So please, if you have time, do give us a rating and a review. Uh, it really does help push us up the charts a bit and uh, gets people, more people, listening to this podcast. So, yeah. Uh, so, everyone, thank you very much for joining me i hope you have all enjoyed this week's episode i will see you all next week have an awesome christmas everyone um we will see you all in the week in between christmas and new year but really just enjoy your christmas have fun you've deserved it this year what a shit year it's been so have a great christmas everyone we will see you all next week and in the meantime there is only one thing left to do and that is to stay scared My eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science.
Yeah.